0: Well, hello, my lovelies, and welcome to this week's fantastic podcast with me, Miss Belinda Scandal, here on Your Manchester. Uh, boy, oh boy, have we got a show for you today. Stick around, because we're going to be talking to Davina DiCampo. We're going to be talking about a lovely mystery box company called Half a Million. And, of course, if that's not enough, we're speaking to TV presenter and psychologist Emma Kenny. It's all here. Like, tell everybody, it's all about Your Manchester. <laughs> Well, this lady is an absolute legend of the drag world, everybody. You may recognise her from RuPaul's Drag Race UK. If not, she's a stalwart here in Manchester. Of course, I'm talking about the one only. Davina, the Campo. It's, you're looking very glamorous in your nice, sort of, um, Harlequin, sort of hair. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm getting ready for the festive
1: season, so I thought let's let's have a bit of something different going on because you've got a hit coming out, haven't you? A hit. <laughs> I, yeah, I've got a thing on i did it on the 20th of November. It's um, called Red and Silver, and I thought I'd branch out and you know do
0: something different. Look, why to you Red and Silver then? <laughs> <laughs> Why have you called it red and silver? Any particular reason? I mean, I can't imagine but... yeah, I didn't call it red and silver. <laughs> oh, no. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm impressed that you've branched out today. You've got a bit of blonde going on. It's very rare we see you in blonde.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: I'm I as always. But you're always ginger, aren't you? Always ginger I stay ginger. Always ginger. It's it's tonight I look like little orphan annie has got a side job, don't no, I? I <laughs> It's quite sensational. And how's lockdown been for you then? How have you been coping with it?
1: Lockdown? Uh, lockdown's been really busy actually, if I'm honest. Um, I've been really, really fortunate to have loads of exciting, interesting projects going on and then focusing on um, EP Red and Silver. And then I've also got a Christmas, Christmas coming out with Booth TV, uh, which is a Red and Silver
0: Christmas. Ah! like you've took something and made it powerful and made it your own <laughs> <laughs> because when that was brought up to you on RuPaul's Drag Race UK you weren't happy about being associated with just red and silver were you
1: well I mean it was mainly just the fact that it was framed as for the last 10 years that's all I've done Which, you know you and I have worked together loads and when when on earth had I ever just worn red and silver
0: <laughs> um, about, <laughs> how do you answer that without insulting your guest? Um, I mean it's, it's fabulous though now on that show that RuPaul's Drag Race we're going to talk about the second season coming soon but first of all uh, on that very show you showed that you could sew you showed that you could sing you showed that you could dance you showed that you could act what is it you can't do?
1: I can't cook. <laughs> you can't what? I'm can't I can not i cook if if I, if I can't cook won't cook. We're still on TV. That would be I'd be both teams. But I can't
0: do either. I refuse to cook, and I'm also rubbish at it. Well, you should do what Bagger did then and go a Master Chef or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have managed what she did. You'd have three baked <laughs> beans. if get would these three baked beans on television. That's that. You're blooming <laughs> great. I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> well, This new single you're bringing out, though, what type of music is it that we're going to be listening to? What genre? Because you do everything. That's why I ask.
1: Yeah, on the on the EP, there's a real mix of different things. It's four different tracks. Red and Silver is um, my take on a real like Christmas classic. Uh, You know, it's like a Bing Crosby, Judy Garland, that kind of Christmas song, but also with um, a bit of a capitalist. Uh, commentary in there as well i.e. go and buy all of my merchandise and actually do please I've got bills to pay um, and then <laughs> the- <laughs> I'm hence the- why I'm here uh, uh. also then there's like a track uh, which is called Slay the House Down um, which is a sort of an, an early 2000s late 90s uh, rappy track So it's very sort of too unlimited uh, That's You know, still poppy But a bit more um Also a bit of a joke And then there's Stuff My Stocking Which is
0: <laughs> a love letter to Father Christmas d- Where's the research For these song titles come from please
1: <laughs> the last time Of this <sighs> You know
0: oh. Dear me, are you still working with the other two? By the way, doing the the act with the other two girls?
1: Absolutely, their yeah. prop destroyers are coming at you. Yeah, you wait, you're not ready to
0: come in. This is a separation of the girl group, then, at all, is it?
1: No, you no, know, not at all. This is, you know, lots of people make music and it runs concurrently with what else they're doing. And that's what I've done anyway. Like I've been writing music,
0: right? Just I didn't put it out. so 2021 obviously because 2020 has been quite a quiet year has it been a quiet year for you or have you still managed to do bits and pieces i've I've been really really lucky i've i've still had things going on so i've been doing
1: um you know like lots of lockdown things and the christmas special has been made in my garage um you know the podcast that you were doing High caliber special effects and graphic
0: yeah. and scenery. <laughs> this is just craziness. Do you think there'll ever come a moment where you'll want to retire?
1: No, oh my goodness, you never have to retire, have to retire. it just gets
0: older. That's all. You just get a, a stronger bungee rope for the back of your head. I'm connected exactly. to the wall at the moment, exactly. But yours is at the wall, mine's next door. It's in their <laughs> So, is there is there something that you'd like to do that you've not touched on yet with your career? Because obviously you've had you've now been given the permission via RuPaul's Drag Race and via the the singing show because you did The Voice as well. I did The Voice. I was a judge on TV already. I
1: was the first drag judge on UK TV. You know. <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> it, RuPaul. Uh, I, I think didn't even bother
0: doing it this year in Canada, did I? No.
1: My brother. Um, my brother. My brother. Listen, if you can get paid for doing nothing, why would you not do
0: that? Yes, exactly. So, what would you like to do then? What's the next thing for you?
1: Well, I've already done some bits and pieces in the West End, but I'd like to do a proper West End tour. That's something that, you know, forever I've always wanted to do. And so. Um, if I got the opportunity to do something like that, that would be
0: that would be great. I would. What that. type of part would you be looking for doing that?
1: Oh, it'd have to be drag. I'd have to be, you know, it'd have to be like Priscilla or um or Priscilla or Priscilla, <laughs> Priscilla. Or Priscilla. I'm, just, I'm trying to create that happening right now. I'd have to you be the old one, wouldn't I? I'd have to be Bernice. <laughs>
0: You're not that old, Flower. You're only 20 odd, aren't you? I tried to say that without choking. Did you think that? <laughs> uh, hundreds of people now clamoring at the screen thinking, oh my god, Belinda's got a COVID. Everybody panic. Panic, everybody, she's inhaled. I tell <laughs> <Right, come on. laughs> I'm not allowed to get ill. Do you know I have to say this year has been the only year uh, physically, mentally, I'm I'm absolutely screwed, but um, physically this is the only year where I've not had a cold and I can't fathom it out at all. Actually, since lockdown,
1: I- I'm the same. I've not I've not had a cold or a cough or anything this year. And usually because you know, you know what it's like, we're meeting people all the time, aren't we? And they're drunk and licking your face and all kinds of things. <laughs>
0: Much. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, just, <laughs> you're always so cheerful. You're always coming across as so cheerful. Um, perhaps recommend to our viewers how to stay so cheerful.
1: Um, I I mean this, I mean it sounds very airy, fairy, floaty, hippie. I am a bit of a hippie, so mm. um, but I read The Secret about 15 years ago or more, and that had a real profound um effect on on my on how I approach situations um it is a practice though like you can't you can't just read it and then it's done like you have to kind of uh, put it into practice and really work at it at um creating those positive um feelings and thoughts and because naturally I'm I'm quite a pessimistic person uh, and because I'm so anxious, I'm always looking for what's wrong with something and how can I make it better? So it's, it's about shifting that and making it more about what is it that I want rather than what is, the, what is it that I've got that I don't want? It's what, what is it that I want? And, uh, and I, you know, I,
0: I prefer being happy to being miserable. <laughs> We'd never a guessed. We would never have guessed. Whereas I'm the opposite. I love nothing more than sitting here and just being a grump. I find it's very therapeutic. You, you never you know, nobody ever accuses you when you're working then of what's up with that person. They're not smiling tonight. I don't smile, what's the point? End off. Javina, <laughs> when's the single out again, please? This single,
1: the EP, is out on November the twentieth. Um, and it will be on it'll be on pre order this Friday. And uh, what's the message? The message is, have a nice Christmas and buy my stuff.
0: <laughs> Divina De Campo, thank you so much. Divina, everybody. Well, we're now talking to a TV presenter, a psychologist, and a lady who's got a lot of positive vibes to share with you, the people of Manchester. Please welcome Manchester's very own Emma Kenney. You're from Manchester, aren't you?
2: I am. I'm just a very girl, born and bred, grew up here, never left.
0: <laughs> right. The tram, eh? Right down for the tram. Now, you've been instrumental over the past few weeks with another 42 people. Perhaps tell us a little bit more about that.
2: So, I've been involved with a group called Recovery, which is basically asking the government for five particular things to change the way that we are with the government. And part of that has been to get psychologists together who feel really, really angry and really moved by what's happening in our society at the moment. And we've got together and created this letter to the government called Psychology Counts. But that's done in tandem with lots of other lobbying where we're just trying to get people To understand the long-term implications of what lockdown does and has on our community but most of all on our children. So it's been this independent experience gathering mental health practitioners, it's now up to thousands and thousands of signatures but also trying to coordinate that we're getting involved with something called recovery which is trying to get the government to think about changing the way that they're dealing with the current situation
0: and climate. Because I think, I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but as much as the physical situations are clear with this pandemic and the lockdowns, uh, the mental implications uh, must be rife as well.
2: I mean, what drives me insane, and to anybody listening, if you are watching this and you feel afraid, please stop because the data is there one of the things that I've struggled with is the media tell you a story and understandably people trust the government trust the media but if you dig into the reality of the data you don't really have anything to be afraid of there has been a horrible illness as there have been in previous pandemics but it's not what they expected it to play out like and now we know the impacts of the physical ailments we know how to treat it better and there's mass better outcomes and actually you shouldn't be too worried like the average death is 82.4 the average death in the UK is 81. So we have to be realistic about that. But what we do know is catastrophic are the mental health issues, particularly when you look at safeguarding. So safeguarding means that we protect children from abuse, harm and neglect. That's all the government has done. They've abused, harmed and neglected children. They've let their education fall apart. They've put them in masks. They've made them feel completely found foundation wise just taken away from them all of those things are happening before our eyes and also they've traumatized people for months this is a big problem we've had fear pumped into our society a narrative where people's whole experience of what they thought was secure has been eradicated and we are now also dealing with mass unemployment three million people haven't had one penny of help 14 million people are poor now than they were before. So when you think about mental health and physical health together, they are very much around foundations of security, such as working and employment and education. And then finally, just to add to that, it doesn't help when Matt Hancock decides to start talking about the fact that now they've got this amazing study suddenly, which says that you know one in five people won't recover from mental health issues because of COVID. So now they're even really trying to say that COVID is the reason for mental health decline. And so I'm very openly and very actively speaking out against this narrative. It's skewed and it's unfair.
0: Are we aware of suicides and perhaps the increase of alcoholism as well? Is this something that's I know. increased?
2: It's one of those things again. It's amazing how they wheel out studies. They can wheel Mm. out a study that suddenly gets peer reviewed quicker than I've ever seen studies peer reviewed before. But you know, trying to get one that's actually based on reality is quite hard to get through at the moment. And people who work in that field would know exactly what I mean. So anecdotally, what we can say is the Samaritans have said that they think that suicide is going to. The ambulance service has as well. They've just done a study which Nadine Doris was gleefully tweeting yesterday. I used the word gleefully because she was the apparent mental health minister. (laughs) She suggested that suicide hasn't gone up because in the three months of lockdown that they compared with the three months directly preceding it, not the one the year before. And actually, anecdotally, that could have removed stresses for people furloughed. So it's not a good comparative. They've actually found that it's not risen by any more than 7%, which is what we expect on a year-to-year basis because we're so bad at managing mental health in the UK. But that was something she was celebrating. But that's not an effective measure. It was out of 9 million people. So the chances are they just selected the areas very nicely, and that's the results. I definitely yeah. agree. We know alcoholism has gone through the roof. We know addiction is. We know self-harm has. These are all things that we can evidence in research. That psychology counts. If people want to look at that, you can go on psychology counts, and not all the evidence is there that I'm demonstrating and talking about now but I do feel it's got to a point now particularly coming from a working class background in Manchester I'm really worried about my people so to speak and I'm sure you are the people that don't have a voice and the people who are marginalised and who are poorer than ever it's just wrong
0: it's it's for me this year has been very very scary but I'm not sure listening to some things whether I've been scared by what I've been told and whether I'd be as scared if I'd just been put in lockdown and not given all these bits of, you know, little niggly information.
2: I think the most important thing was the lockdown has been proven to be completely unsuccessful unless you look at somewhere like New Zealand where they've just basically closed the borders well that's not very good because it'll open the border and vaccines aren't 100% safe or 100% useful all the time so it's not going to be something they can avoid if you look at Sweden they've done really well obviously they have more deaths in the beginning but that's leveled out massively and the UK I think Boris probably did want to do that they wanted to go like Sweden and then got taught to not do that. So he kind of went against it. It was too late. Since then, it's just been ridiculous. I mean, before we went into lockdown this time, they just brought out a pile of data that was lies and then went, oh, yeah, we've got the data now. It turns out it was all lies, but let's just stay locked down. What is happening (laughs) to our country? That's (laughs) driving me mad.
0: (laughs) Of course, the next thing now that the government are quite, as you would use the word, gleefully promoting is the vaccines are literally just around the corner. Oh, yeah. That would worry about that magic vaccine
2: that's just just arrived with 90% efficacy. I mean, 90% efficacy. I mean, don't get me wrong, listen, vaccines have done wonders as far as things like measles and mumps. You know, even though I wasn't vaccinated as a child, I vaccinated my kids. I think that there's lots of positives, but when it comes down to a hastily rushed through, no matter how effectively monitored it is the fact they've removed liability from the pharmaceutical companies, meaning that you can't claim directly from this pharmaceutical company if they injure you. That worries me. If it's trustworthy, don't do that. But the other thing is that most people aren't going to need it because it looks like we've reached some community immunity. Now, listen, I think everyone should be allowed to have a choice and if you want a vaccine, you should absolutely have one because that can give people real reassurance and if that's how they feel, that would be good. But No, I'm not going anywhere near it, not for 25 years. You know, when I've got the research evidence and time frame, I'll look at it.
0: Well, this is it. They're promoting it like it's like the saviour of saviours. And actually, they've (laughs) they've done very little research because we've obviously not tested it on millions of people yet, have we? So how can they promote it?
2: Well, because there's a lot of money in it, isn't there? There's a lot of vested interests in all of those things. And I think as well, when you start kind of looking at what they're saying, you have to look at parameters of vaccines. So the parameters of vaccine doesn't necessarily mean that people won't die of COVID or get really sick of it. It might just mean that it removes certain impacts of that particular illness. So you have to be very careful when you look at vaccines and what they're meant to do. And I definitely have seen today some research by scientists who are really unhappy with it. But like I said, it feels like if you say that now, psychologically, this is really, Division which is you're an anti vaxxer. Well, I'm not an anti vaxxer at all, and I don't have an issue with lots of medications, but I'm anti being told that it's mandated. So, if they are going to stop people going to football matches, if they are going to stop people going to work, that's mandating by another door. And to be honest, the minute that anybody accepts that, whether you're pro or anti vaccine, you have basically invited ownership of your body by the government. At the moment, you're not allowed to have sex as a single person. At the moment, you're not allowed to visit your friends and family in certain homes. You're not allowed ideally to protest or go to the gym. All these things that were civil liberties and that we took for granted, people are just willfully allowing to be eradicated. And so the reason that I'm so vocal in spite of the fact that causes me a huge amount of issues in my career, I'm doing it because I care about children. I care about kids in poverty. I care about the fact that domestic homicide has nearly doubled. I care. And for people sat at home, married comfortably, they need to start caring because it's their grandchildren who are going to be burdening this erosion of their freedoms and their erosion of liberty and also the government having power over their body, which is
1: offensive.
0: Yeah, uh, just before you go, Norma, um, just finally, how would you suggest our, our best tell people to, to survive and cope throughout the lockdown and what is left of this pandemic?
2: The first thing I'd do is say Look at people like at the statistics guy on Twitter. He's somebody who can't be known to you, but somebody that's very trustworthy. You'll be able to get all the statistics and data that will make you feel fantastic and not afraid of this virus anymore. Professor Carl Hennigan is another person to follow because again, he's somebody who extrapolates data in a really positive way that helps you to feel rest assured. The other thing that I'd say is a lot of people are dealing with fears about unemployment and redundancy, and that's completely okay to have those fears, but don't let it get on top of you. Think to yourself, okay, if I have lost job that's get strategic what are your skills sit down figure them out and then just mail everybody that you can mail to introduce yourself you know, go on LinkedIn make sure that you go on Twitter and kind of look for jobs that opportunities because this can be a moment where it feels chaotic and scary but it can be a position of growth as well and the other thing I'd say to anybody listening is if you're sitting at home thinking I can trust the government I don't have to worry about this please start doing your research because the research is evident it's clear it's there And if you can look at it and still come away with the same opinion, then I think that you need to really look again, because it's time now that we stopped walking around and talking around this issue. We're being lied to. It's catastrophic, not just mentally, but emotionally, environmentally, socially and certainly economically. And it's time to say no, because we need to protect our children.
0: Emma Kenny, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Well, with Christmas just round the corner, there's a lot of these mystery box companies dotted around, everybody. One is called Half a Million. Right then, well, let's take a look at this, everybody. So it arrives in a lovely little box like that, everybody. Let's open and see what's in it, then. Here we go. Now, remember, all this that I'm about to show you now, uh, you can get with Half a Million for £20, everybody. £20 is their starting price for these things. Um, and I just want to go through something, because I was... That looks like I'm reaching in the box. Hold on, hold on. But reaching in the box, everybody, and pl- something out, very good yeah so prices start from 20 quid uh, now these boxes you'd expect not as much that's all i can say you'd expect not as much i feel like i'm on the shopping channel now but let's delve in and see what we've got guessing we don't need any of the wrapping that comes with it it's all very nicely securely packaged oh let's do the first most important thing chocolate bar everybody a chocolate bar let's do that on the close-up are you ready and a chocolate bar everybody let's keep on that shot i like that we've got a chocolate bar there uh, what else have we got here let's have a look you get a smart bracelet everybody a smart bracelet um which is a i'm guessing it's like it's your health steward as this it's bragged does there everybody so you get that as well let's see what else there's loads of stuff in here there's a cable i'm guessing we've got something with usb coming up in a minute yeah everything needs charging so they've put one in uh let's see let's do oh there's another cable so you're not short of your cables everybody you're not short of cables don't forget this is called half a million okay and my favorite thing in this although maybe not the ones that you might want to go for we have got airpods airpods everybody and you know my favorite thing about them I don't know if you can get this with the competitor, but these are actually in a nice blush pink colour. So you've got your nice blush chargeable AirPods, everybody. Isn't that lovely? Now, you'd think that'd be enough for 20 quid, wouldn't you? You'd think that'd be enough, but it's not. Because also in here, everybody move that out of the way you get a humidifier now let's have a look at this because this looks very very smart a humidifier something that you need as we approach winter everybody that's not a cigarette that goes into there okay so you've got a a humidifier obviously putting a bit of moisture back into your room back into your place everybody now so that's one two three four uh, five items five items for 20 pound everybody so i would recommend well, not that any of this will see the light today, because it's all going back to Casa Scandal, everybody. Um, I'm going to get it wrapped. Oh, it's charged already as well. It's telling me it's charged, which is always good. Um, so I would recommend that you um, check these people out. Uh, here's their email, I think we've got. Have we got their email? I'm not sure if we have. No. Uh, well, we'll put that up on the website for you. It's half a million... EU, everybody. Half a million EU. A uh, company based uh, not too far from here. And they're absolutely fantastic. Once again, half a million. Well, what a fantastic show there, everybody. Join us next week for another wonderful show. Yes, it's all going on for you. We're going to be looking at the jewels of Miss Julie Goodyear. Need I say more? She's the one and only bet Lynch. Join us next week here on the podcast for your Manchester.